Welcome to the PaxX Podcast, available on iTunes. This is episode 22 of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Max Flight. Max, how are you doing? Hi, Mary. Doing very well. Nice to be talking with you again. We've got some interesting topics lined up for this episode. We do. We do. And, and a bit of a shocking scenario as, as reports uh, are coming out with respect to this uh, German Wings A320 crash, which we're going to address. Um, yet another tragedy, though, Max. It seems like we're talking about this stuff a lot. Yeah, a little, little more often than we'd like to. Indeed. Um, but before we get started, we'd like to thank eGate Solutions for sponsoring this week's podcast. We all want happy passengers. They buy more, and they're likely to be more loyal to your airline. But delivering a positive passenger experience is hard when you're relying on legacy systems and manual processes. eGate Solutions provides the technology behind onboard services, connecting and automating every step of an airline's operations from the warehouse to the passenger. With eGate, you can spend less time and money on the process and more on optimizing the passenger experience, which is really what we're all in the business of delivering. So visit eGate Solutions online at www egate-solutions.com or email them at info at egate-solutions to learn more. Now, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Neela Matthews. She's based in Delhi, India, and she has been writing about Asian aviation and beyond for over a decade. She's done long stretches of writing for Aviation Week, AIN, Jane's Airports, and is now a regular contributor to Runway Girl Network, uh, which we're very, very grateful to have uh, uh, India correspondent. Neelam, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Ah, doing good, Mary. Nice to be on your podcast. And hi, Max. Hi, Neelam. It's uh, great to be meeting you, I guess, virtually in this case. You, you're you in a very interesting part of the world from an aviation standpoint. Uh, lots of topics, lots of interesting things to talk about. That's true. Well, let's get started and take a look at some of the top PaxX news stories that are making headlines. First, as Mary mentioned, the aviation industry is grappling a bit with another tragedy, this time the crash in the French Alps of German Wings Flight 9525, an Airbus A320. Now, we have many reports that the audio from the cockpit voice recorder indicates that one of the pilots was locked out of the cockpit and couldn't get back in. But uh, this accident and the fact that the information from the black boxes is crucial to understanding what happened. Well, this has kind of reignited the conversation about whether aircraft should stream data real time, whether there should be video cameras in the cockpit and issues like that. Mary, where does the industry stand right now on these issues and what does all that have to do with passenger experience? Well, to answer your 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 last question first, um, you know, we believe this firmly, and I'd say the aviation industry as a whole does as well. Uh, the most important part of the passenger ex- experience is, is safety <laughs> and, sure. and a safe flight, and it's the reason why we cover uh, safety as a, a number one uh, amongst uh, our PaxX topics on, on the network. Um, but but it does go beyond that. Interestingly enough, um, you know, the very latest reports uh, say that this uh, German wings flight is now being prosecuted as a murder. Um, So it seems that they've gleaned enough data from the uh, cockpit voice recorder to ascertain what may have transpired there um, in terms of uh, the pilot uh, uh, locking out uh, the other pilot and uh, unfortunately crashing uh, this aircraft into the Alps. But again, we like to steer clear of any kind of speculation and with a want for more details, we're we're not going to say much more than that. But it does, uh, you know, it does 
essentially highlight an issue that has been discussed now for, uh, for many, many months, and in fact years, ever since the Air France 447 crash uh, back in 2009. And that is, uh, you know, whether or not we should be streaming data from the, the black boxes now that we have the technology to do so. Um, because if you look at what's happened here with the German wings uh, crash, it, uh, the, the knowledge that they have now to be able to start prosecuting this as a murder uh, hinged on investigators' ability to find the physical black boxes and ensure, and ensure that they were readable. And I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of the state of the, the, uh, the cockpit voice recorder. Um, I mean, it was in a shambles. It's a wonder that they were able to get audio uh, from this and be able to piece together what happened. And so, you know, to, to have an investigation hinge on finding black boxes, whether they may be in the ocean or, uh, or completely, uh, you know, smashed to smithereens, seems a bit ridiculous in this age of constant and ubiquitous data connectivity. Um, which is the very long way of saying, where does everything stand with respect to streaming data? Well, you know, IATA, ICAO obviously have been uh, looking to, uh, has prescribed essentially a path forward to ensure that aircraft are tracked globally. And it really essentially sees carriers uh, using a lot of the kit that they have on board, a lot of the SATCOM kit that they have on board uh, to be able to track uh, every 15 minutes and then to have triggered transmissions in the event of an emergency. Um, but you do have individual carriers out there that are going a step further and are saying, you know what, I think we uh, need the streaming of black box data. Qatar Airways a few months ago said that it had planned to be the first airline in the world to do this. There are a number of carriers, uh, Canadian charter operators and some airlines in China that are using an alternative uh, uh, piece of equipment from a company called Flight, F-L-Y-H-T, um, that also enables uh, the streaming of critical data in the event of an emergency. So, Essentially, the technology is there. The question is, will the industry pay for it? You know, the industry seems rather reluctant to do that. Max, it feels like we have this conversation uh, regularly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, where, do you believe that the incidences here are piling up to, to add weight to, um, you know, essentially streaming data? I think they are from the standpoint of public pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, you can you can talk about this issue from the standpoint of what data do you need uh, to conduct a, a good investigation of an air crash and how soon do you need it. Uh, but the public pressure, I think, is building to, well, to, to no answers sooner. I mean, the investigative agencies around the world are good at getting to the causes eventually. Now, they don't all work the same way. The, the French Accident Investigation Bureau, the BEA, works a little differently than the NTSB here in the States. But in the end, they, they all conduct a, a very thorough investigation, but it takes a long time, typically. Mm -hmm. And the public, well, they want answers sooner. And that's why we see these press reports coming out that really are premature and based on really leaked information, uh, not official statements uh, to, to a certain extent. Um, it, the demand is just there from the public. And so uh, I think it's likely that we see uh, streaming of data sooner. I think this is going to also reignite the whole issue of uh, cockpit video recorders, mm -hmm. which, which of course, as you know, Mary, comes up from time to time. 
It does. It does. And uh, the uh, the pilots unions, uh, you know, have been very clear on this point. They do not want uh, to be videotaped uh, in the cockpit. Um, and in fact, though the NTSB has recommended it in the past, uh, the Airline Pilots Association has uh, shot back time and again on this issue. Um, it, it was something that was uh, suggested, of course, in the wake of 9-11. Um, and, um, and it comes up time to time when certain situations like this occur. Um, of course, we also need to remember there was uh, not so long ago um, a pilot self-hijacking of an Ethiopian aircraft. Uh, so these are considerations that are again in the fray. But as uh, someone tweeted yesterday, well, would you like a camera trained on you for eight hours during your work day? What value is that going to bring? Um, so I think that's a valid point as well. But it all also, you know, your original question is, what does this all have to do with PAXX? Well, you know, beyond the safety element, the reality is that airlines all over the world are bringing broadband connectivity pipes to their aircraft. And these connectivity pipes increasingly have the, the bandwidth to be able to not only stream uh, data in the event of an emergency, but also could, uh, you know, technically, if they get to the point of having enough capacity, uh, be able to stream a lot more than that. Uh, so, of course, the, this brings us all back to, does it make sense? Neelam, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this matter? I think it's a changing world, and uh, pilots will have to understand at some point that it's for their own safety, too, that this is being done. And uh, also, I totally agree with you on your points on tracking and video uh, recording. But uh, I think there's another aspect to this. It might be a little basic. But for instance, uh, if, we, if we look beyond, when there are physical tests being done on pilots, the mandatory ones every six months or odd, uh, they do not do the mental tests. And uh, I think that is something that sooner or later, at least in India, they're not done it might be a good time now to put it in their programs to also do a psychological test on the crew and the pilots that they are doing. That's a very good point. It's a little bit stunning that that's not being done regularly. Um, Max, what do you think? Yeah, that may be another issue that the pilot unions might have some opinions on. It would be nice to see these pilot unions to be, though, a little bit more proactive and take hold of the messaging because they always seem to be in a reactive mode. These suggestions are made, whether it's videotaping in the in the cockpit or whether it's making, say, for example, uh, systems uh, tamper-proof uh, because, of course, with the Malaysia MH370 situation, um, you know, there's a concern that the systems were shut off. Um, but the pilots seem to be against every... Uh, every suggestion. So I do wonder if it might not be time for, for the unions to step up and maybe own the message and come out strong with, a, with, a, with something here, with some sort of an answer. Yeah, that's a good point, Mary, because if they don't, then s someone else will uh, right. take control of the issue. You know? It will be prescribed for them. Right, 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 right. right, right. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, next, uh, Neelam has been uh, writing a series of articles for the Runway Girl Network about India's efforts to attract women to aviation. Uh, Neelam, I understand that you recently spoke to SpiceJet's COO about the carrier's efforts in this regard. Why the push now? Uh, well, Max, the push isn't really now because in the early 60s, Air India was probably the first to get its woman pilot 
but however, now push more. It's more a question of availability rather than a gender issue, I reckon. And that's what uh, Sanjeev Kapoor, who's the CEO of SpiceJet, seemed to feel. And uh, today when I spoke to him and asked him what were the results of his Twitter exchange that he had with the women pilots talking to the tweeters, and he said the idea was we were trying to create an awareness for men and women that nothing is impossible in the world of civil aviation and that you do not need contacts or connection to make a career in aviation, which of course goes to show how elitist aviation still is in India. Now, with increasing fleet sizes, I guess we can't afford to be that anymore. Neelam, I found it really interesting that, uh, that of course, he mentioned that it's a lot of the daughters of the, uh, of the pilots. That, um, that's really interesting. But, uh, but in your article, you also mentioned that increasingly, um, you know, folks that uh, have no relation um, are getting involved. And I thought SpiceJet's um, social media campaign was wonderful on International Women's Day. Can you explain what they did there? Yeah, they had a woman pilot and uh, women crew the whole day answering questions to women and men tweeters on the opportunity for aviation jobs, including pilots. So I think that uh, yielded a lot of good results for them because it's created an awareness. And like he said, Kapoor said that you don't have to be elitist anymore to uh, nothing is impossible. You don't have to be a daughter or son of a pilot to get into it. You'll realize India is still uh, in an immature, comparative immature market. We have very few aircraft. However, it's going to increase very steadily. So I guess there is also the question of now uh, availability and sooner or later they're going to face the pilot shortage. And you can't have one gender alone filling the gap. Well, I'll tell you, this story that you wrote got shared a lot by our uh, followers in the Middle East. In fact, uh, Saudia and uh, a number of others um, in Middle Eastern aviation um, shared it. Uh, and I saw it was pretty, it was a pretty interesting sight to see, to see it retweeted so often. I thought to myself, they're, they're definitely paying attention because there's a need all over the world, including in areas, say, for example, that might not even have the, uh, uh, the best track record when it comes to equal rights for women. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but, but certainly a, a positive thing on that front. Max, we're seeing this more and more, you know, the call for pilots out there is great. Um, what are your thoughts? I know over at Airplane Geeks, you guys, uh, you guys regularly interview uh, women in aviation. And yes. uh, what, what are you hearing? Well, there's uh, concerning the pilot shortage. Yeah. There are different sides to the, I, I don't want to call it an argument, but to the discussion about whether or not there's a pilot shortage. Uh, many people say that there is a pilot shortage and others say that there is not, uh, it, at least not yet. Uh, I think that the, the data tends to support the the issue that there will be a pilot shortage um, based on the projections that we have and also based on the the low numbers of uh, people getting into into flying and uh, working towards uh, pilot certification and because of that I mean it's 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 critical that we include you know all um, 
prospective pilots uh, in this process. Uh, women is certainly a, uh, an important segment. Uh, globally, the percentage of women pilots is is very low. Uh, I, I think, uh, Neelam, India, in India, the percentage of women pilots is actually greater than what you find in most other countries. Is that true? That's absolutely true. And what I was told by SpiceJet was there are almost 11 to 15 percent women pilots in their fleet. And I spoke to another, our largest budget uh, carrier, which is Indigo. And one of its founders is the ex-US Airways uh, CEO. And uh, they have almost about 30% of women pilots on their fleet. And they have about 93 aircraft, A320s. And another interesting part of this piece, Anilam, was the fact that uh, a source told you that they found that women pilots um, are generally more loyal to the airline and that they realized this when, uh, when, the, when there was a great need for pilots and, and, and many of their male pilots were uh, of this unnamed airline. Uh, uh, many, of the, many of their male pilots were going to higher paid jobs. The women stayed around. And obviously, it's something that we wouldn't want uh, corporations to exploit, although we know they do um, out there, not just in aviation. But it is interesting. Women do have a, a tendency to be a bit more loyal to their employer. Um, I'd say that that is something also that uh, attracted a lot of people to this article. Another thing that we hear from flight instructors is that uh, women student pilots and men student pilots are, are different, generally. Uh, because women tend to think about problems in a different way than men often do. And uh, so that has implications just for the training process, but I think also that says something very interesting about the value of having different kinds of problem-solving perspectives up there in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. It's exciting times, I think, Max, you know, for aviation as a whole. I think some there's days I wonder, are we devolving as a human race or evolving but you know it's moments like this you're thinking well i think maybe we're evolving i hope, I hope so <laughs> more women we evolve more <laughs> yes you're outnumbered max I, I, I know, and that's, that's fine with me, but that really is. Okay, uh, last but not least, we want to talk to Neelam about how Indian manufacturers have been, well, growing their footprint in the aerospace supply chain in partnership with Airbus and Boeing. Neelam, uh, what Indian companies should we be paying attention to? Do they, do they have a shot at breaking into the PaxX market? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the, the thing is that the Indian manufacturers are increasing in the aero supply chain, given that the new government uh, has shown a lot of interest in manufacture from India and export from India. So this is going to be a slow and steady uh, process. But however, there is no there is no way that this is not going to move forward. We can already see there are Indian companies, if I can name a couple, like the Tatas, the Mahindras that own the Gyps Aero plant, Dynamatic, that's now the tier one supplier for, for the A3830 for uh, Airbus, for uh, flat track beams, and uh, many more. Tata, for instance, is the sole supplier for the helicopter S-92 cabins that moved from Mitsubishi, Japan. So uh, it looks like India is going to be moving forward. And also the aerospace industry in India is taking a cue from the auto automobile industry in India that's done really well. 
So uh, we expect it to move fast. Uh, Neelam, I have to say uh, th this is exciting, uh, exciting news, of course, for India to see this kind of growth and, and their, their footprint uh, getting larger in aerospace. The passenger experience side of the industry, most specifically the aircraft interiors and IFE sector, I don't think people appreciate just how hard it is to crack into that part of the market. Um, and, uh, and, and India is not, not alone in being behind in this particular instance. Of course, China has also uh, been working very hard to, to crack in there as well because the need, not only for pilots, but the need for aircraft seats and, uh, and, and in-flight entertainment and connectivity is also quite significant. And we look at the order books bulging, you know, uh, in the coming years with all the 737 Maxes, A320neos, um, and, uh, and obviously all the new wide bodies that are going to be required. Um, the need for seats is huge. And, and recently, there were some headlines um, that uh, Zodiac Aerospace, which of course is, a, is one of the largest giants in the aircraft seating industry, um, has been having uh, trouble uh, meeting its deliverables for a variety of reasons, including uh, some strike action that it had in, in a plant in Texas and, and some other supply chain issues. And the long and the short of it is there is a great need. Max, um, you know, it, it is kind of fascinating uh, that, the, that the PAX sector is one of the most stringent when it comes to certification. Um, and it also comes back to, of course, passenger safety. These seats have to be put through through the max, really. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that, um, Max, do you think that the opportunities should be perhaps opened up a little bit more? Boeing and Airbus are very traditionally close with their, uh, their big seating suppliers. And, and there's oftentimes complaints that they don't allow some of these other smaller guys into the catalogs. Well, I think because India represents such a large market that the airframers, all of them are uh, kind of motivated to, well, enter into business relationships uh, with uh, local companies that in the end will help them uh, sell product there. Um, I, that's not the only motivation for doing that, of course. Uh, they have to, uh, suppliers have to uh, exhibit the right kinds of quality as you mentioned, uh, issues and, and price and so forth, and, uh, and also fit in, I think, with the corporate culture of the airframers in terms of continuous improvement and uh, cost reduction, things like that. Uh, but my experience with the Indian aerospace companies is they, they seem to be very well, persistent, uh, driven to uh, develop good products and good services, um, willing to take the time to get their companies into uh, into that mode, uh, and so I think that they'll be successful in in the long run. Uh, Neelam, do you, you kind of agree with that perspective? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, the point is, Max, that while there is a lot of investment that has gone into facilities for subsystems and components, etc., however, there is still an issue with in-flight, the interiors, for instance. There are too many constraints and the ease of doing business has to be addressed. The taxes, the export formalities, the licensing, leave aside the certification which you just spoke about. For, ex for example, the customs duties, for example, don't differentiate between a garden chair and an aircraft seat. You have the same duties for it. Somebody started carpets in South India, the volumes were not there. 
and uh, the at the moment the only part of the uh, seats that they are doing is those little plastic panels as they they get they have to be replaced really fast and getting spares are a little they need the asap so re, they do reverse engineering on those but this is a non safety item that is cleared by the airline and the regulator so this is one issue that uh, has to be addressed the policy and the duties which we hope will ease out with this new government it's going to take time ah very very interesting neelam thank you so much for this update on indian aerospace um we are rapidly coming to a close. We want to thank our listeners. And remember, you can find us online at runwaygirlnetwork.com and on iTunes. Be sure to follow all the Runway Girl Network activity on Twitter at, at @runwaygirl. And remember to use the PaxX hashtag when tweeting about the passenger experience. Please join in the conversation. Again, PaxX covers everything from uh, comfort of the passenger, connectivity, entertainment, your on-the-ground and in-the-air experience, and most importantly, as previously mentioned, your passenger safety. Um, I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor, eGate Solution, and I'd like to thank Neelam Matthews for being our guest. Neelam, where can listeners find you at? Um, well, at neelam.matthews at gmail.com, my blog, aerospacediary.com, and of course, at Runway Girl Network. Thanks, Barry. Oh, thank you, Neelam. And you're also on Twitter, of course, right? Oh, yes, I apologize. At Neelam Matthews. Perfect. All right, Neelam, it's been a real pleasure. And we want to invite all of you listening to join us again next time as we talk about the passenger experience on the PaxX podcast. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.